Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the tank top sage. It's Joshua Gangsta Time Co. Full partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What up, Chris? What's good, everybody? Listening? Yeah, hit that. Hey, that voice. It's Mr. Oh, New yeah. Mike over here. And I got a tank top on. Yeah, to celebrate the occasion. <laughs> also joining us, it is uh, our producer. It is Edgelord Big News, Brian. What's up, nerds? Hey, hey, hey. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're back. We're getting a bit of a late start today, but we are in it to win it. We got uh, a couple chapters to talk about this week. Very excited to get into the show proper. So let's not waste any time. Uh, let's get into plugs right away. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Joshua, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37. That's on Instagram and at New Jump City Josh. That's on X. Oh, yeah. Brian. You can find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you ever want to catch you when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's Damn right. You can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. And uh, we'll answer it on the pre-show chat show that we usually do uh, right before the show. We skipped it this week because we are starting a little late, but... Next week, we'll be back in full force. And so uh, send us your questions, your your suggestions, your comments, all that stuff uh, at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com. Or you can comment underneath the video versions of the podcast that you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and while you're at it, subscribe, share, like the podcast. That we super appreciate it. If you prefer audio podcasts, we're pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you name it, we're on it. So check us out on those platforms. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for plugs for now. So without further ado, let's get into the show. One Piece. This is One Piece chapter 1097, Ginny. Uh, last we left off, we were continuing the flashback explaining the past of Kuma. Um, and how he came to be, how he was able to, uh, escape the God Valley incident at, uh, at a very young age and end up back at the Sorbet Kingdom where his family ran a church. Uh, he and Ginny are living there, uh, on their own as even Koff has decided to go off and figure out his life, uh, and enjoy his freedom. And, uh, yeah, we pick up, uh, eight years after the God Valley incident. So that would be 30 years from the current, uh, timeline. So at this point, uh, Kuma is 17 years old. Uh, he has basically become a pastor at the church that he and Ginny have settled down at. Uh, and he spends his days, you know, every Sunday, just, uh, extracting the pain out of the citizens 
in his little village in the south uh quadrant of the uh of the village and um everybody's like oh my god this is so nice of you uh could you please extend this to extend hours to weekdays too and uh Ginny comes in she's also grown uh she's just like no you're asking a lot for people who aren't paying any money uh so you know there she's basically rejecting them and uh regardless everybody loves her you know uh even though that she's a, a little brash um but everybody's like oh she's so she uh all the men in town can't stop vying for her affection but she's already got kumachi um and uh, there's a, the sight of seeing Koopa Chi's face makes me feel at ease. And uh, Kuma is like, oh, that's so sweet of you. You know, um, you know, Kuma's enjoying his life right now, helping people. Um, but uh, yeah, the villagers say that they would give as much money as they could. But uh, it's really hard for these civilians to get by now that they're paying the heavenly, the heavenly tribute uh, to the world government. Uh, on top of that, they've also got a new king. Uh, his name is King Bekori, and he is, surprise, surprise, a piece of shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's a big dickhead. Um, and, you know, he says, uh, if, uh, and he's basically, you know, facilitating the paying of uh, the heavenly tribute. So, you know, if they don't pay, they'll be thrown in jail because... Uh, the monarchies of One Piece are uh, abject pieces of shit. <laughs> um, but, you know, Kuma is there and is just like, well, I can help by removing any light illness or pain you're feeling. Uh, so, you know, you just uh, just come every Sunday. And uh, the, the group of villagers leave and they're like, thank you, Kumachi. Uh, Kuma enters his church to find a big pain bubble there, you know, like very familiar moments. Uh, to when Zoro on Thriller Bark uh, withstood all of Luffy's pain. Uh, and Kuma does something similar with the villagers. He extracts all their pain and he uh, takes it all into himself. Uh, and Ginny is just like kind of reeling at this because uh, as she's helping him recover, she's saying that they do, he does this every week for them and they don't know that this is happening. And Kuma explains that, you know, they ha that he has to do it. Like, the bubble will eventually revert to going back to the original owners of the pain if he doesn't withstand it himself. Uh, so, you know, he's like, I'm sorry to put you this through this anguish, but I'll get stronger and toughen up. Um, and, you know, they gave us some food anyway, right? So, you know. Uh, after, after this moment, they, uh, get some food and, uh, they start eating, uh, a couple years later, um, Ginny asks, uh, Kuma to marry her and, um, Kuma's like, what? No. And Ginny's like, uh, come on, marry me. You know, you love me. I'll make you happy. And Kuma's like, I know you would, but, and he gets like flashbacks to his father um saying you know yelling about how uh kuma's mom wasn't a buccaneer but they still enslaved her anyway so you know kuma doesn't want to bring her any misery because of his uh buccaneer lineage um but we also see that kuma is now reading about the freedom fighters led by none other than dragon um and uh dragon is something of a hero to kuma you know a, a bit of an example 
And uh, he's explained that like one day I want to go out to sea and help use my life to help others too. Um, and uh, the door opens. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What did you say, Josh? And become a robot. And become a ribby. Um, but yeah, the people are knocking on the door, and it's more dudes trying to trying to bag um Ginny. <laughs> but um, Kuma is clueless at this fact. He's just like, whoa, thanks, guys. This was a totally amicable thing that you guys are just doing. Um, and uh, then I guess some more time passes. Kuma is 25 now. And uh, he's seen that the villagers, uh, I, I imagine like the villagers of his side of the village have been captured and held prisoner by the king. And Kuma has come to free them. Um, and... Oh, actually, is this like a? Oh, yeah, this is the royal army. So, you know, they're they're capturing people who couldn't pay the heavily tribute, and uh, Kuma fights back. Um, and they, uh, we see that the king uh, Bakori explains that uh, now, starting today, that the north and the north part of the island is the actual Sorbet Kingdom, and uh, that the world government determines the amount of heavily tribute. Um, owed by the number of citizens and uh the uh, the south where kuma's church is and the elderly villages is just full of uh people who are unable to pay their tribute so they should be cut loose they're not considered a part of the actual sorbet kingdom and um, therefore the country will be prosperous and balanced if they're not taken into account so um we see that kuma and Ginny. And a couple of the other guys, uh, a couple of other dudes were uh, taken into custody for um, Kuma for trying to help these uh, the old people that were being taken prisoner. And Ginny for trying to help Kuma, essentially. So, you know, at this moment, Kuma, yeah, Kuma is getting upset, you know, that the, his land is being turned into a place of haves and have-nots. Um but at that point, that's when there's a huge explosion in town. And who the fuck else is there but the revolutionaries, uh, even Coffin Dragon, are all are there. And they liberate uh, the Sorbet Kingdom, basically. And they free Ginny and Kuma. And uh, after Kuma was added to the revolutionary forces, they became the revolutionary army itself. They were the freedom fighters at first, but now they're like a real deal kind of uh revolutionary military um we get this cool two-page spread with the revolutionary army there it's pretty cool pretty sweet um this is dragon revolutionary force oh yeah um this is kuma this is a dragon before his face tattoos by the way but he does seem to have like a leg band with that face tattoo design on his leg which is interesting um but yeah, he. We uh, then cut over to I guess like one of the revolutionary ships. This is at a point where the revolutionaries were still kind of starting out, even though they have Kuma and they have Eva, um, they are still lacking in a solid source of funds. So you know, their plan overall is to act like mercenaries and 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 lend strength to uh, rebellious elements seeking to overthrow their kings. And um, those who join will be taught to use weapons and fight with them. 
and uh, one day he wants to raise an, a um, he wants to raise like a massive uh, armed force scattered across the globe, you know, helping people left and right. Uh, Kuma asks uh, Dragon where he learned how to use weapons, and uh, Dragon confirms that he was in the military for a little while. He was in the navy, and um, he couldn't find any of the justice that they wear on their backs because. Uh, on the backs of the Marines coats, it uh, it says justice usually. Um, so he was like, I couldn't find any of the justice they were wearing on their backs. So he turned their back on them. Um, and uh, basically, uh, Eva says, it's strange to be at odds when both the Navy and revolutionaries just want to help people. Um, you know, I think like they're talking generally about like folks that even though there's like a corrupt government, you know, it's it's weird that, like, people who see themselves as helping are at odds. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kuma's like, I'm with you all the way. And Dragon says, you won't regret it. And um, we then cut to eight years after. Kuma, Kuma seems to return back to the Sorbet Kingdom. And uh, in the meantime, it seems Ginny is still with the revolutionaries at this point. Uh, and she's saying that... Um, you know, she's with she's like a captain of the Eastern forces. And um, we find out that, you know, she's tomorrow's the big day. She's very excited that she's going to go meet up with Kuma's group. Um, I guess. Uh, going back to uh, Sorbet Kingdom and um, we see a shadowy figure uh, pulling up uh, to where Jenny is. And the chapter ends with the panel with Dragon now having his full face tattoos uh, learning that Ginny has been captured. And uh, that's where the chapter ends. And uh, jo Josh, what did you think about One Piece chapter 1097? Um, there were plenty of excellent chapters this week, but there's no way I wasn't going to give it to One Piece for the type of chapter and the uh, the subject matter. So I'm just going to get... So RGC, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna also say RGC. mine really fast. This is really my. This is also my RGC. Um, this is my yeah, 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 yeah. Unified. <laughs> oh, oh. RGC. Is it Brian? Unified yeah. RGC. Unified RGC. Unified RGC. Okay. Um, Oda does his homework. That's the first thing I want to say. So. When you, when you look at like what what the role of a militant revolutionary force is, like or, or a movement rather, <laughs> like uh, in the context of what it like what you know, how can it help people? Right in this case, in One Piece, it's to liberate people from the oppression of the world government and the various kingdoms. That you know, they're like satellite kingdoms that they rule over it that you know oppress the people for them, like you know, with the kings and stuff. So clearly, um, Dragon as a revolutionary and the rest of the, the, the movement has a clear agenda and plan overthrow the, the oppressive uh, governments around the world, uh, where they can, right? And then he even has a the, he stated the goal was to eventually get to a point where there's a global uh, massive movement, which is exactly what, you know, a lot of leftist revolutionary movements have uh, 
expressed like within their writings because the tough part is that when one if one nation overthrows uh their oppressors you know that's you know it may be a victory for a while but it's really hard to maintain that 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 independence uh when the rest of the world is you know what i'm saying in cahoots with each other Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's exactly what's in one you know what i'm saying so he understands that you know ultimately these little uprisings they're causing, you know, aren't enough. And the only way to truly, you know, defeat these global structures that oppress majority of the planet, they have, you know, everyone has to be on the same page. You need, they need um, movements all around the world. And that's, you know, exactly what, like I said, most socialist programs. uh, Kudos to, to Oda for that. I'm not going to, uh, you know, really get into it much further than that, but uh, I wanted to acknowledge that. Uh, I did not notice Dragon missing the tattoos. I don't know if any, if you guys know anything about that, if I missed it. No, yeah, we don't know. We don't know <laughs> the, the difference or what made him get the tattoos as opposed to not. But it seems right. that he didn't always have them. manga. Yeah, because it could just be a tattoo. Well, it's an intentional choice or for sure. It could be something. Yeah, or it might be something power related. You never know. So, um, and Puma, I, I wonder if we're going to get more of Dragon's backstory because it seems like actually, you could argue that that's all there is to it. He was an ex Marine and didn't like how. Things ruled, and he probably was really strong and really smart, and said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna branch off and do my own thing." Um, I, I'm not gonna say that would be a hundred percent satisfying, but I guess I wouldn't cry about it if that was the case. You know what I'm saying? If it didn't really get too much deeper, but we'll definitely get more for sure. Yeah, I, I think through other people's stories, through the other backstories of other revolutionaries or past events, we're gonna get more of him. Yeah. I just don't know if we're going to see him in the in the navy though. We might. I mean, I think like uh, like a lot of like the flashback that's been going on that are lore related, they they're kind of like puzzle pieces that we're going to have to like put together in the end. Like these little pieces that fit in between each other and in and out and all that stuff. You know, cuz like with the uh the Wano flashback with Odin, we got little glimpses of Roger's flashbacks and his backstory ostensibly. So I imagine, yeah. you know, because Roger is a, essentially a supporting character within Odin's uh, flashback. So I imagine there's going to be a perspective shift where we'll see the opposite of Roger being the protagonist and how Odin fitted in his, like, his adventures and his crew. And I think it's going to be the same way with Dragon. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, I would agree. So, yeah. Those are my thoughts. Brian, what do you think? Oh, your favorite chapter of the week. This chapter was really interesting. Um, so, first things first, Kuma is such a fucking sweetheart, man. <laughs> he does not deserve any of the shit that's about to happen to him. <laughs> like, he just gives and he just takes and takes and takes you know oh well not takes i guess it's gives gives he just keeps giving right and he just 
bears all the responsibilities so that nobody else has to. And it's so fucking kind. So it's really weird that he was painted as the tyrant king when he was such a fucking, like, such a fucking well-mannered and respectful and kind guy, you know, that everybody loved. So I don't know how the world government got away with painting him as that. Um, one thing I will say is that Genie turning into like like a stereotypical one piece female kind of was a little sad. Like it would have been nice if she had like a fucking still had her little her little tooth gap, you know, like to differentiate her. Brian. This is Oda we're talking about. <laughs> Abandon ye all hope. You understand? It's like if you if you aren't an old lady, then you are a hot skinny female. You are Nami. <laughs> you are Nami. If you're not an old lady, you are Nami. <laughs> you're either old or you're young. Those are the only two options as a woman. <laughs> but Aside from that, um, it's really fucking sick to see Kuma's backstory finally and to get to know him a little bit more and dragon by by um by I'm trying to think of the word association, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um the scene where they kind of bust into the kingdom and kill the fucking king was pretty fucking crazy. I think he surrendered. He just, I don't think they killed him. But I'm pretty sure they killed him. No, they said the king's given in. Yeah. So, so I think he surrendered. I don't think they would kill him if he surrendered. That's like a war crime shows, for sure. <laughs> it just shows that the, the, the revolutionaries are... They're not playing around. They don't... They only deal with their end of the shit. Which makes sense why they wouldn't be around all that much. And the reason why they showed up at Dress Rosa, right? Because Dress Rosa was kind of in their, kind of in their wheelhouse, right? Yeah, Doflamingo like, was a king. Yeah, so it made sense for them to show up there. Um, and now knowing that, you know, pirates and, and the revolutionaries are like completely different worlds, it's like, it makes sense why we don't see them enough. Um, but now we're going to get. So, look, I. There was only so much that I could figure out about one this One Piece chapter, because there's been a lot of chatter, but I couldn't get to them all. So I had to feel the streets. I had to I had to call an old friend. <laughs> and get him to kind of set shit up for me and kind of put it put together a case. Uh, you mind if I put him on the phone real quick? Um, yeah. Uh, let me just pull up his music because I didn't know that he was coming on now. Yeah, yeah. He's been on standby since we started the show. Uh, all right. Well, all right. Go for it. Detective Norman Know It All. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, today's uh, November 6th, 2023. This was a uh, quite the case. I gotta tell you what. Never, <laughs> never held, never, never seen such ferocity and discourse 
on any of my cases until this one. <sighs> well, for starters, this Bonnie character, something just ain't adding up. Says here on the case file, she's 24 years old. But 24 years before this, seems as though she don't even exist. No mention of her. Her parents aren't even married. Kind of weird, isn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't you guys agree? I would agree, Mr. Know-it-all. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's Detective Know-it-all to you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Don't make that mistake again. He's so hard-boiled. <laughs> He's so fucking gangster. Anyway, my theory is... Well, there's actually a few possibilities that are going on here. Well, there's one that Bonnie is a kid. That's right. And her age age double fruit manipulates her age so that she seems like she's older than she is. That one I feel like is a very likely possibility, but the second one is quite interesting. A lot of talk on the streets that Bonnie is actually Ginny. Whoa. Whose memories were altered so that she didn't know Whoa. who she was. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It blew my mind too when I heard of it. How sick could the Marines be manipulating a young woman like that? Hates. I hate their guts. And now... And that's gross. Yeah, yeah, pretty gross. It's pretty disgusting, man. The implications. I mean, yeah, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus fucking that's, Christ. My mind went there first. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Pretty, pretty nasty stuff. But now... Now I started thinking. What if... What if... Ginny is actually also Luffy's mom. Mm. Yo, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought think I was dumb, it. but I mean, like, I did think, think that. It. Kuma, Kuma wasn't panning out. So, <laughs> Dragon <laughs> slipped in. That's insane. <laughs> That's absolutely yes, crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Yo. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> A man who seizes every opportunity that he can find. You're gonna tell me that. Hey man, a woman has her needs, right? If Kuma exactly. ain't doing it, your boy Dragon will pull up, fulfill the need. I think there Kuma. Luffy. I feel like Dragon's so much older than Ginny. Nah. Okay. This is One Piece, bro. Okay. Anyway. Well, with that, com that convinced me, Brian. Or <laughs> sorry, Detective Know It All. Excuse me. Sorry, Detective Know It All. Mm. That's what I thought I heard you say. <laughs> Stop. Anyway, there's one more big theory on this. Oh. The theory that Ginny is Bonnie's mother. Ginny is Luffy's mother or Bonnie's mother? Bonnie's mother. Mm -hmm. That's well, the that's theory. Not, I mean, it's kind of straightforward. Though. It feels like the right. most out. Kind of the, out the most outrageous theory I think we have so far. 
Wouldn't you guys agree? No. I feel like that makes the most sense. If mm. if Bonnie if 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 uh what's her name survives, Ginny, then yeah. It's like probably the most realistic opportunity, you know? I mean uh outcome. Anyway. Unless 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 my nigga dragon slatted in, you know? That's insane. I don't know if that's like I don't know if that like tracks with One Piece's style. I feel like Dragon wouldn't do that. Don't tell me what Dragon can and can't do, okay? I hit the streets, I hit the hard pavement, and I was the one on the streets asking the questions on the streets. In the streets. With the streets. <laughs> You're right, I'm sorry, I didn't mean and to. And what about that new tattoo? On his face, hmm? You see, my boy Dragon, he's all about sending a message. He, he no. put on the I just fucked your bitch tattoo. That's what that was. You see, my theory Come is on. the world government is all about killing the past, but how are you going to kill the past if it's on the most notorious man's notorious man alive's face? Maybe, maybe it's a something that has to do with the ancient civilization. <clears throat> but then again, that's just my personal theory. Anyway, I think that's all I got for this case file. I'll catch you guys later. Uh, Brian, you could send me the invoice. Thank you, Detective Know-It-All. Glad he said to send you the invoice, cuz... <laughs> it's coming out of show I'm budget. Not. Yeah, I mean... Our budget's pretty small. Shit. I don't know how I feel about you just hiring private detectives. Without listen, my man, I'm I'm a busy guy. I can't always be on Reddit or on Twitter, kind of figuring shit out. You know. Well, the show's accountant Gingerbread, my cat, is very upset. <laughs> she knows that there's not enough budget for doctor for Detective Dodal. Well, we got to figure it out because like he's kind of have to expensive. use the plug again, Chris. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to. Another guest appearance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, man. All right. Those well, are my thoughts. Were, well, those, were those all your thoughts along with Detective Know-It-All? Yeah. Well, well, this is really obviously my RGC because of uh, all of the sweet, sweet lore. But... Um, oh, yes. The lore. The lore. I love me lore. lore. Um, that was cool. Uh, lots of questions, really. Um, I feel like the, the tattoos do mean something. They have to, there has to, <laughs> I don't know because they, ha he has like a version of them on his leg here as a band and now they're on his face. So something happened. These things, for, I got, I got G what's her name? Gina, Ginny, Gina, I got Ginny Prego. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like they're markings of um of the old um of that civilization that was like genocided by the world government 800 years ago the void century uh, civilization just as a constant reminder of like I know what you did um that's my theory uh the person who came to get Ginny I bet it's a Kainu that's my yeah, guess. Yeah, I think so too. Because when um, 
Because when uh, pre time skip, this is like right before the time skip. Uh, uh, Bonnie was uh, was defeated by Blackbeard, and she was chained up and left on an island for a Kainu to find. And when she saw, yeah, I remember when she saw a Kainu, she said she told him that she would never forgive him for what he did. Um. So I I'm thinking that it like a Kainu puts a series of events in motion that led to Kuma having to give up his humanity. And I think it starts with a Kainu capturing yeah. Ginny. That's a good theory. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a uh, super interesting stuff. I, it was cool to see the like revolutionaries in their heyday. Like when they were first starting out, uh, Kuma with eyes is cool to see, um, you know, because he's always had like I guess like, you know, like kind of um, glass robot eyes for as long as we've known him. So it's cool yeah. to see him like look more human. Human eyes. Human eyes. <laughs> We're gonna humanize him, but e y e e y e s him. <laughs> Yes, there you go. Yeah, write that down. That's probably going to be the title there for today. <laughs> I'm doing it right now as we speak. That's <laughs> bars for real. Humanize them. That's like uh, that's like slam poetry. You know? Humanize, realize, realize. <laughs> We're gonna humanize. Wow, all of that. We're gonna humanize <laughs> with human eyes. <laughs> and if you get a, and if you lie, you get a star in your eye. If you if you lie, you get a sty in your eye, in your human eye. That's slime poetry. It's pretty easy. <laughs> this might be the last chapter we see uh, Kuma as a full human. I feel like next chapter will probably be the last chapter we see him as a full human. I feel like there's going to be one last thing where he's like, okay, you can take me and make me into a robot. And then he'll become a robot. The other person it could be is Kizaru, but I think it's a Kainu because of the history implied. Yeah, it's most likely. Yo, Kuma says some grimy shit to Frankie uh, before the time skip. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, man. What do you I say? I watched some anime scene on Instagram, and he sent the shockwave to Frankie, and he was like, oh, if you want to call yourself a, a cyborg or something like that. It's not about him not being an impressive robot. <laughs> and I was like, damn, come on, Frankie. You might be the next best thing, but you're not me. He was supposed to be Kuma when he came back from the time skip. Am I not the only one that felt that way? Like, he was supposed to no. be, like, Kuma level now, at least. Well, he is Kuma level now, I think. Yeah, right? He's at least as strong as one of those pick... pick Pacifistas. Whatever. Pacifistas, yeah, thank you. Yeah. He's definitely way stronger than a pacifista. Yeah. Uh, like, there's no way the he, isn't as, he isn't stronger than a than a than a pacifista. Like it's impossible. Mm. Who's not? No, I'm saying it's impossible for him to not be stronger. How do you than feel a about that, Chris? Uh, yeah, I agree. I feel like it would like make sense for Frankie to be stronger than a pacifista. He's like the fourth or fifth strongest on the crew, right? 
I would think so. I think like Frankie's low key underrated. I think he's like fourth or fifth. Yeah, that's what I said. He's not fourth. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Jim you. Jim basically Jim on the crew now. Yeah. So I would say he's like fifth. Actually, Nami might be. I, not Nami. Robin might be strong. Wait, Nami might be stronger too with Zeus now. Eh. I don't know. Frankie, Frankie no diffed uh, uh, one of the Toby Ropo. Yeah, but he was a fucking lame ass fucking bitch. <laughs> okay, he that was a triceratops. He was hard boiled. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was a triceratops, Brian. He definitely was not hard boiled. Doesn't matter. It's a big deal. This is a fucking warlord crew member, and he no diffed him. Frankie took no, like no, no. Pink was hard boiled. Among all the straw hats, Frankie probably took the least damage. On Wano? Yes. He lost the general Frankie, but he he him he himself probably took the least damage. I don't know. Brooke definitely took zero damage. <laughs> Brooke also didn't take much damage himself. He was he was as healthy as a fucking skeleton could get. He I don't think he even pulled out his sword. <laughs> I think he, he did. He did he did pull out his sword. Arc. Uh, Frankie ran over Big Mom's face with his motorcycle, <laughs> and then he That's was not scared cool. when he looked at her. When she looked at him, so she couldn't take Frankie's his soul. Yeah, he's built different. Yeah, there was. Think about that. There's no way that Big Mom would have been able to take Frankie's soul because he wasn't afraid of her after he ran over him, her face with his motorcycle. Yeah, that guy. That guy's. Fucking assembled all I'm I'm making yeah, the case for Frankie fifth strongest in the crew. All right, fine. I'll Five out of ten's not bad. There's ten crew members. My man, Monster Chops has fallen from grace. He has. Sad. Sad, sad, sad. <laughs> he do. I guess that's a good sign of growth for the rest of the crew. Yeah, I guess. It's not really Chopper's place to be like a fucking strong ass fighter anyway nigga watch your old mouth about monster chops all right <laughs> listen monster chopper well, was part of he, uh he was that nigga a few years ago he was out here alone yeah. i was out i was out here telling people i ain't gonna lie man if kuma couldn't teleport people away i don't even know what they was gonna do about the about the big guy but <laughs> you know it ain't like that no more he did fight big mom he did also flip Queen. Yeah, he like pile drives Queen as Monster Chopper. Pretty Wait, maybe Chopper, maybe Chopper is like third strongest. Okay, all right, let's not go crazy here. You're right. You're right. He's uh, <laughs> let's second. relax, Brian. Huh? <laughs> He's second strongest, actually. Sorry. Second. Strong. Okay, now you you know what you're doing. I right was now? underrating him. I was. Underrating you know what you're him. doing right now? You're pissing me off. <laughs> Are you happy now? You're pissing me off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my king. You happy? Uh, all right. I guess that's all my thoughts on One Piece. Uh, fantastic chapter overall. Lots of lore. Fun times. Oh, one thing I did want to comment on. Uh, what happened to the Sorbet Kingdom, it sounds really uh, awfully a lot like what happened to Luffy's Kingdom. Luffy's Kingdom? You remember, you know, like where he grew up, where, you know, there was like that half of the island that was just lawless. And there was the half of the island that was, yeah. that was Sabo, where Sabo came from, that were all full of oh, nobles and you stuff. You know what's crazy? I want. I had actually wanted to talk about that, but that was a really good point. 
Um, I think that was just like an interesting touch yeah. that the the world government just seems to do this. You know, they seem to just allow countries to just split themselves in half from who it, from like That's the key upper word. class to lower class. I mean, it's whatever gets the, the their key word is money. allow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that. So the crazy dynamic of that is like, it, you know, if you really pay attention to like what's being shown in the chapter. Basically, like they're they're they probably could afford it for the rest of the kingdom. It would just be really, really tough, like how it used to be. But the king and you know this upper part of the island and the people that live there. Well, not probably not every single citizen, but the leadership of the island, obviously, mm-hmm. like you know, they wanted to hoard all the wealth. Yep. So much to the and the government couldn't care less because they're saying, "Look, like, all right, we only have this amount of citizens, and you know, so it's, they're probably encouraged to treat the other uh, people who aren't citizens anymore even poorer, just you know, to prove that oh, these aren't people we have to account. These aren't actually people." Mm-hmm. As they say, not not a real person. <laughs> like from uh, succession. Uh, what's the name of the show? Succession, yeah. So, um, I, I I thought that was really like well articulated how perverse like the greed is, like mm-hmm. how the world government turned a bad situation worse and allowed it to to you know to kind of degenerate into that. So yeah, that thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I, I I was um when I was reading this, I was like, oh man, this is like reminds me of like that garbage town that Luffy like came up in. That was just. Oh, literally... I thought you was gonna say like wage labor. Oh, you know, something. it's part of that too. You know, like it's just no, it <laughs> I is. Was That's say, what... like real life. <laughs> no, I mean it is. It is just like class seg- segregation. You know, it's sure just it, it is that is the parallel that I'm drawing. But I I was just making the story parallel that like oh, Luffy's where Luffy grew up was a lot like this too. You know, like Kuma and Luffy yeah, have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the day, they set that, like, they set the poor uh, parts of their island on fire just to fuck with them, I guess. Um, yeah. Man. Or to, to legitimize the fact that they are not indeed part of that country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a like, little world yeah, building things like this. Not- yeah, it's just oh, one piece is unmatched in world building, dude. I mean, the way that like this is a flashback of one character, and there's just so many other perspectives within this one flashback that we still don't know. We don't know how Dragon met Eva, you know. We don't know what Eva's been doing this interlude time, you know. We don't know what like Ginny and her abilities have grown if she's like. A stronger fighter if she has a devil fruit at this point herself there's just like so much to this world it's just like so full and so like borderline real almost with how much stuff is packed into it and how many perspectives that you could like view this world from it's unmatched man i don't think there will ever be another story like this and um yeah, I do want to say that the cover page is also kind of funny because uh, it's Kuma accidentally like palming a fish away because he has the pawpaw fruit at this point. I Did guess he that's palming just... it to the grill. 
No. I didn't see where the fish went. It went away. It went to a different island. <laughs> I think that's why Jenny was yelling at him to wear his gloves. But that was a funny touch. Anyway, that's all I got to say about One Piece. Uh, you guys are all set to move on. Any final rebuttals? No, John. Yeah, all right. Then let's go. Jujutsu Kaisen. This is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 241, Foolish Survivor, Win and Remain. Um, and we start off at Tantan University, where we see a young uh, Takaba yelling at his uh, comedy partner uh, about being late. He's like, you don't even write our jokes. And you still can't be on time? And his partner is like, my bad. And um, he's pissed because he smells the alcohol on him. And uh, I guess they start rehearsing their bit, but uh, it's like a, he's doing like a rapper bit, I guess. And his partner didn't memorize it. So, you know, they, they can't really practice anymore. Um, and uh, uh, Takaba is just yelling at him to apologize and to take this seriously. And um, his partner is like, I'm busy coming for your ass. You never go out drinking with us and you never go. You never laugh at the other comedians. Um and Takaba's like, I would if they were funny. But, you know, it's like, he's basically building, he's like networking, essentially. And Takaba's kind of ruining it by being kind of a, a sourpuss. And, um, you know, he's like, so what? Is that a reason to, jo to show up at rehearsal hungover? And he's like, yes. He's like, we perform like twice a year. But we've done the same material. Said, to yes. Yeah. He said, you're always. How, how brazen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do yeah. have the right to pull up uh, yeah. uh, hungover and late and not giving a fuck, actually. I do have that right. Yeah. <laughs> because of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bullshit. yeah, he's, you know, they get into a big argument because, you know, like he's always hanging out and he's like making connections and stuff while this guy's like trying to be trying to get his act right. And this guy's like, what's your problem? Irritated the babes don't dig you. And uh, Takaba just punches him in the face. And he's like, no, this is a, I want you to take this seriously. And uh, the guy says, like, doing comedy with you is no fun. If we don't laugh, then why would the audience? And um, we see that over the years, Takaba has been uh, struggling, obviously. He's not doing well. He's lost. He's cycled through many partners. Uh, and he's pondering, like, why he, why did he ever become an entertainment? Why is he a comedian? All the while, he's being chased by cursed spirits in the present. Um, so, you know, at this point, he's like, he, we, at, at a certain point, he's just like in this, like, tiny, shitty apartment, just kind of like thinking, he's like, how long am I doing this, huh? You know, he's like, there's C1, which is like, I guess, a competition for comedy duos, but he's like, I don't have a partner anymore. And, you know, he's saying that he wants to be a regular on a sketch show and MC an idol show, you know. But, you know, he's like, how long am I going to keep doing this until what I do, I think, I, until I do what I think is funny to the fullest. And that's kind of like his goal, you know. And we learned that when he was a kid, he was like kind of a really serious kid. And, um, you know, he was hard on others. So it made everybody like kind of dislike him so he decided to change and start goofing around a little bit more and once he started making uh people laugh he started to make friends 
but for whatever reason, he still couldn't make it work with a partner. Um, and now he's basically just like watching comedy on his own, you know, wishing that he could do what they're doing. Um, and we get this, I guess, like inner discussion he's having with his younger self, his like kid self is like, what do you mean by doing comedy seriously? People want to see me goof around. And uh, Takaba's like, well, that may not be what's important. Important. Your backstory doesn't matter matter to the audience. And he's like, but it, is doing it seriously fun? Why are you a comedian anyway? And he explains that he wanted people to know him, and that's why he got started. Um, and he's like remembering. He's like, why did he say that? Like, it doesn't matter if you don't get my jokes as long as other people do. Um, and he was basically saying that he was right about what he said, saying that you can't make a hundred out of a hundred people laugh. But in order to protect himself, he took it away and gave up because that was the easiest. He said, I didn't respect comedy. At some point, I stopped taking it serious because I was afraid of getting hurt. And we cut over to the present where Kenjaku is chasing Takaba, but then he stops to see that Kenjaku has taken, in Kenjaku's mind, an earnest and, and beautiful deep bow. And he never achieved it until his late 20s himself. And he's like, mm. wait, what am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. He also pictures like the perfect bow. <laughs> yeah, and it has the crescent of like of God or holiness or whatever yeah. that's called. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, wait, the what am I thinking? Person. And I think he turns behind him. I'm actually kind of unsure here. Is it that like Takaba is just suddenly behind him now? I thought, no. okay, I just wanted to make sure because it looked like he just turned around there. What I think happened was that he just took a strategic position. Mm. He couldn't, he, he, he's just so keen on combat and strategy that he knew that even thinking something positive of what he was doing was, was bad. <laughs> so he's like, let me get ready. He's like, whoa, I can't give this guy any confidence at all. None. <laughs> yeah. He's such a try hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it, to be fair, if he gives talk about confidence, then his curse technique will be stronger. Um, oh, but Kenjaku is such a tryhard, though. Yeah. Um, but hey, uh, we get uh, Takaba just starts yelling. He's like, "I lied. I don't really think it doesn't matter if you don't think I'm funny, as long as other people do. I just didn't want to get hurt, so I discounted you to protect myself. But I'm not satisfied with 99 people out of 100 laughing at me." And I got to make that last person laugh. So I got to make your make you laugh your guts out. That's my brand of comedy. And Kenjaku's like, hmm, but do you think you can make make me do that? And that's where the chapter ends. Um, and there's no Jujutsu Kaisen this Sunday. So I'm very sad. But anyway. Shit. Josh, what did you think about Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 241? Um, I like this chapter a lot. I am super curious to hear your your thoughts on the chapter, but you know, I guess we'll get to that. Um, regarding his backstory, this was so well flushed out, and um, I think I've said this about like you know a, f a few different series, like with Black Clover as well. But you know, this I I think uh, Gigi's really good at um, you know. 
making his side characters feel important and bringing a connect, like building a connection with them, even if it's through something so small. Um, like I even remember like the sumo wrestler that that uh, that uh, Maki. Thank you, that Maki fought against. You know, like these these characters really stand out. But this was a little bit deeper because you know it 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 really comes from a rooted insecurity, and it's it's so crazy because like I don't you know I'm not a comedian so I can't really relate to that, but I can only imagine how like you know. To, to just stand in front of a crowd trying to make people happy and laugh and, and, and relate and, you know, to to not feel like reciprocated all the time, that that is heavy. So, you know, it, it, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. And I have a lot of respect for those people. And this, you know, Gigi has certainly has the respect for them too, the way he wrote about it. Uh He he needs to beat Kenjaku, you know. Like there's no other way around it. He can't die here. I don't know, man. I feel bad, bro. <laughs> I mean, it would be he, great he if he just this. kills. He makes us connected to these characters, and then he fucking kills them. Oh God, I can't take it. We talk about. I he's already taken so much from us. Talk about at Brian. least has to live. I don't mind if he loses, <laughs> but he should live. Anyway, Brian he needs I'm to sorry. live the fight another day. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> this chapter I, was all right for me. Um, it was cool to see a little bit more about Takaba, but I kind of just want to get into the into the action already for this. Because in the grand scheme of things, there is a lot more interesting shit going on aside from Takaba's backstory, you know? Um, so I feel like I'd rather them like get to the point a little bit more. Because I feel like a full chapter dedicated to his backstory, would, if he dies, and he, if he ends up dying, would feel kind of lame, in my opinion. Because we dedicated so much time to a character that's literally just going to die in like two chapters, you know? So, I don't know. I feel like the next chapter, I think, is going to make it or break it for me when it comes to this um, to this fight between Kenjaku and Takaba. Um, cool character and all that, but they're dedicating a lot of time to it, so... Those are my thoughts. Um, I hope next chapter lives up to the expectations for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess you got to like, I don't mind them dedicating a chapter to talk about, you know, especially since it is one chapter here. And um, Gege tends to be pretty like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, I guess. He's really quick with character backstories. There's not a lot of like origin stories that are more than one chapter, actually. You know, aside from Gojo, but that's like an important arc, I think, in the grand scheme of Jujutsu Kaisen. It was more than just a Gojo backstory. But I think when he ever, whenever he focuses on other people, it tends to be pretty short. So 
I imagine the battle is going to continue in the next chapter for sure. Um, I think it's, uh, there's, there's some stuff that I could relate to. I've been doing, uh, standup, you know, I'm an open micer still, so it's like not a, I'm not like a professional or anything, but, um, I've definitely, uh, can see where he gets some of this stuff. There's this old cliche about like, even when you're doing well in front of a group of people, if you see one person not laughing, there's just like a little thing in the back of your mind that's like, what the hell's going on here? You know, it almost feels mm -hmm. like you're bombing. <laughs> you know, you're like, your brain tricks you in that sense. So you try to get that person in a sense. Um, and I think that's what like the, the story is here is just like aspiring to get everybody in the room, which, you know, you want to make the maximum amount of people laugh at any given point. So uh, I definitely understand that that part of it and the discounting of people to make yourself feel better is an ego thing is is kind of a true thing and i never really thought about it like that um you know protecting your own ego by saying that like well this guy just doesn't get it um and that could be true you know it's just like it's one of those things where it's not something you can really control in reality <laughs> you can only aspire to to get everybody you know but um yeah, the, the whole point of it is just, like, not to lose confidence, essentially. You know, not to let that one person who's not laughing in the room, like, ruin it for yourself and for other people there. So, mm. I think that's kind of, like, the lesson here, you know, uh, which I which I think is a, it's a good lesson overall. Like, I think you could just apply that to anything. It's not just a comedy thing. Um it's just like not letting the, the little things, not getting too serious about it. Just remember why you're doing it and why, you know, whatever you're doing means a lot to you. You know, it's a good lesson to have. Um. Uh, but I am very excited to see some more reality warping <laughs> joke shit going on here. I am a-okay if he wants to kill Kenjaku. I am a-okay with that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I would hope that Takaba is not going to die. He, how many people can you really kill before, like, it starts to feel kind of depressing? This story, you know what I mean? Like in a not fun way. How many characters? Oh, Demon Slayer did it. He, they did do it, but you know, I guess like when Demon Slayer did it, it was like and I hated them for it. When Demon Slayer did it, it at least like led to a result. Like you can't have like constant meaningless death you know what i mean i do think yuji uh not yuji yuta is gonna show up and and help probably and that's save. hey that's a distinct possibility that at the end of the day takaba is gonna get rescued by somebody but because apparently everybody can teleport in this get in this show <laughs> everybody moves very quickly yeah what honestly one of the, my favorite moments of this arc is just how takaba casually pulled up to the battle He's like, root do 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 do. So, you know, I'm kind of enjoying this and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, but those are really all, all my thoughts on Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, do we have any rebuttals? Nope. Oh, geez. Almost dropped my glasses. Alrighty then. With uh, that being said, then let's move onward. Do me a pick me in the car with me so I can't chat. World Trigger. 
Okay, this is World Trigger Chapter 238, The Away Mission Test Part 34. Um, okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to dig too deep in this because uh, this is a alternate lot of alternate title. What? Alternate title. If you didn't like it before, you're going to hate this. <laughs> it's so true. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is uh that is pretty true. Uh I'm gonna pref I'm gonna also preface this whole chapter by saying I absolutely loved it. Too bad One Piece stole the show. Yeah. Uh I, I enjoyed it a fair bit. I could I could definitely understand why if people don't like it. <laughs> but Okay, so I'm I am gonna abridge this as much as I can, mostly because this is like twenty-nine pages of explaining character creation. <laughs> uh, so basically, it, it, this, yeah, this whole chapter is explaining a character creation uh, mode in in the World Trigger. Bro, this shit is a meme now because of Brian. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I hope you're happy, bro. I am happy. You want to get me back for Dirty Deku? <laughs> yeah. Poor, 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 poor writing and all of that. You just felt that salty, huh? <laughs> I get it. I feel oh, some kind of way too. I wouldn't call this or Dirty Deku poor writing, for the record. Bleach was my favorite series, or the Bleach equivalent. Be pretty salt too. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's the here's the here's uh, the the best I can give an abridged version of this nearly thirty page chapter. Um, so one of the the new one of the assignments for the away mission is that everybody gets their opportunity to create a um, Tryon soldier. Um, everybody in the exam has a determined amount of currency that they can use to make this Tryon soldier. Some people have more than others based on their Tryon level. So uh, among Sua squad, uh, we see that uh, Oki has uh, 12,000 uh, points to use on his on his um, Tryon soldier. Suwa and Katori have uh, 1,080. And uh, Osamu and their operator have 600 each to create... Um, Tryon soldiers with so you know breaking it down using these uh using these points basically uh they are able to you know mod their Tryon soldier however they can uh in terms of strength in terms of uh speed defense uh support and dexterity uh the drawback is is that if you have uh there is a budget a team budget overall. So uh, there's a pool of 12,000 points that any t squad can use. So the bigger Tryon's soldiers that are created can't be, you can't use too much. So that's a good balance. That makes it like a balanced thing. So there's just like Nino Mia can't just make. There's a cap on resources. Right. So Nino Mia just can't make the strongest uh, Tryon soldiers ever, and and, and um, Chica can't just make the 
a billion of the strongest soldiers ever. They got to use them sparingly. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, there's also like regarding the customations themselves, um, if I may. Oh like yeah, just please. like generally speaking, this it, it it's actually really intricate and detailed down to the point that like you know the different armor you choose or the different like um like legs or different pieces of the of the Trion warriors you create like have varying effects. Like there was the concept in, from the previous um uh test with action tokens. Where like, you know, if you have a really strong move, it's going to cost a lot of tokens. You know, just like how, you know, other games are where if you, you know, your the strong moves usually have some type of drawback to it. Like a cooldown or, you know, making you wait a turn or something like that, et cetera, et cetera. Same rules apply here. Um, you know, so there's also the concept of like, you can make you know, several weak soldiers, you can make like uh, an abundance of like weaker trying soldiers, you know, flanked by like a handful of like really strong ones, depending on how you manage like the budget of trying available. So there's just so much customization. And, um, you know, so like anywhere your imagination could take, and I'm sure the series is going to get like, you know, is, is going to give us, you know, a more of a engaged look at it once the battles uh, start. But I think, uh, when Kuga starts talking about strategy with his team, it gets really interesting. Yeah. Um, so they could also like equip their guys with these, with you know the weapons that we're all familiar with: blades, shields, uh, asteroids, meteors, grenades, and so on and so forth. Um, so Osamu basically says that like. He's uh, this this stuff is uh, relying on teamwork tactics will be tough in this setting because these co-op actions require points assigned to the support stat. So you know they it'd be better if they go like in a direction that's different from you know like I guess super like equipping a bunch of ammo and stuff and like long distance shots I guess. Um, so. Uh, they start talking about, you know, the other ones, like the skills also. You know, they got chameleons, bagworms, a blocking move. Uh, but there are unfamiliar ones like jamming and vital strike. So, you know, they have like uh, Tron soldiers that are able to neutralize raid enemy radars um, and stuff like that. There's uh, the vital strike, which is basically when your attack damages an enemy unit, regardless of the damage amount, there's a way, there's a 30 percent chance that there will be a, a bailout so you know it's not like it's not as like deadly as it sounds um because you know it's only a 30 percent chance but when you pass it to um when you pump it to max level it only pro uh procs 10 percent of the time so uh yeah there's that i don't know <laughs> this game stuff is like kind of lost yeah, on me, but really large really large opportunity cost for uh, a small chance mm -hmm. so it's not really it's not worth it not really super viable yeah yeah unless um, i mean i've i've had ideas you could create a a trion soldier whose sole purpose is to move around and just uh like take a sniper shot and those like you know if it takes if it could shoot fast weak bullets and you have like that 10% on it 
You know what I'm saying? You can sneak kill a lot of people easily. Mm. That's a good idea. Um. So I think uh, Katori makes an opera cat, like a cat-shaped Trion soldier. You know, uh, it's stripped uh, down to operated nothing. Operated those. Oh, is that her? Okay, my bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the operator makes a uh, makes uh, a cat that is basically legs and a radar. So, you know, they're cheap to create. Oh, Yui. Yeah, Yui. They're cheap to they're cheap uh, cheap to create, and you know, they don't have they can make a bunch of them and just have a radar going. Uh, so. Osamu makes a shield gunner because, you know, he doesn't have much try on. So he, he's pretty much stuck making kind of weak, weak units. Um, so he's like, huh, will a loadout with a ray guns make this even tougher for me? But in the meantime, at that moment, that's when they get the exercise rules. Uh, and it basically goes the only units usable in the special battle simulation are try on soldiers. So, uh, the combined cost of all deployed units must fall within the squad budget of 12,000. Multiples of the same unit may be deployed, but each squad member's individual creation must be used in every match, at least one of each unit. So when a given unit is defeated, the other squad receives points in equivalent to that unit's creation cost. The Until the enemy unit is defeated, its creation cost and value, point value is unknown. Each match lasts up to five turns. The final gap is in points is two thousand or greater, with more squat with uh, more points wins. If the gap in points is less than two thousand, the match is I don't know it's covered up, but I imagine tied, disqualified. I don't know. Uh, but basically, Utagawa squad is reading through these rules and explaining that the the dif- the biggest difference between this and the previous Sims is the points awarded. Uh, in the cre- being uh, re- awarded in the creation costs. So beating a strong soldier earns you more points as opposed to in the previous version of the battle sims. I imagine everybody is worth the same amount of points. Um, so up to now, we only get a single point per kill, no matter how powerful or wimpy they were. So this is uh, a little bit of a more fair thing, I guess. Um but uh, she's basic. But their operator is basically saying that. But high value units would truly be strong. Think about Chica, for instance. So, you know, uh, Chica is going to be very strong in this match. Is what everybody's afraid of. So people are just like the Utagawa squad is basically trying to think of a strategy. But uh, Kotaro actually asks Kuga to uh, chime in. And Yuma actually has like a little moment to it. We're like, oh, shit. Well, it'd be pretty suspicious for an ordinary Japanese boy to know the ins and outs of Tryon soldiers. Um, I think Utagawa picks up on this and um, basically asks uh, Yuma to explain it in the way that uh, that Shiori knows it. Because Shiori, being uh, an operator, knows the ins and outs of Tryon soldiers pretty good. And so she, he basically explains that on a basic level, Tryon soldiers designated with roles tend to fulfill their actions, uh, their functions better for a given cost. But uh, the ones loaded up with uh, 
lots of abilities inevitably cost more. So when deploying groups of them, it's typical to tone down special features and instead opt for teamwork tactics. So um, Kotaro is like, but having ours together would mean spending resources on the, sp on the support stat. And that could cost a lot. Um, but uh, Yuma explains that, like, the thing is, real Tryon soldiers have different brain parts. So there's high solo performance types, standard solo types, and team tactics types. But there's not a setting like that here. So the teamwork route is going to be tr tricky to pull off in terms of abilities and costs. So that's probably not going to be the best. Um, and their explain is like, and Yuma explains then that like the right counter strategy is to do nothing at all. And uh, they get into some quick maths that I kind of like lost track of in this moment where they say that they say at the start of the match, there's 12 enemy units on the radar Assuming none of them are hidden from view, what's the expected cost of a single unit? And uh, Kotaro is basically like likely between 800 and 1200 at any rate. Um, and he's like, well, now what if we see 20 units? And then every that would mean every one of them is worth 600. And they <laughs> they then consider the possibility is like, what if they toss in a bunch of cheap dummy units? They could still include a decent number of burly ones, and in that uh, in that event, we'd end up facing stronger foes than expected. <laughs> this is a lot of math. I'm not doing a good job of bridging this, but um, basically, I mean, the point is, is that there's a lot of different variations. There's no way to tell for sure, mm -hmm. so it's not really worth it trying to prepare for a specific formation, right? And that it's more. It's more valuable to spend the time and resources than to, you know, creating an offensive approach. Yeah. Since, the, you know, knowledge is so limited and, you know, if they lose, they're not losing their lives, right? It's just a game. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And that's basically what Yuma says in a nutshell. Um, basically not to overthink it and uh, in this situation to maybe, like, go more offensive and, like, just put... The enemy on their on on their toes just geared towards like an all-out blitzing offense um to build like basically practical stat builds and uh and loadouts so that like they could just force the enemy to overthink themselves while they keep their plan pretty simple um so i think uh that's basically the gist of it right <laughs> yeah and uh, basically, that's where the chapter ends, where Utagawa squad basically decides on a blitzing strategy. And um, yeah, so they start to, I guess, assemble their try-on units. And that's where the chapter ends. Um, Josh, what did you think about World Trigger Chapter 238? Like I said, I, I really enjoyed this chapter. I think this is even better than uh, before... Because there's, I, I didn't know how they were going to go about it, but I really enjoy uh, the sheer amount of customization that's allowed. I don't think it's important that we have to remember all of these specific details. I think they're just, he's just kind of drawn out like the, like the setting and the rules. Like, hey, you're going to expect, you know, expect to see, you know, something crazy or a bunch of different things. You know, all of this is within the realm of possibility. And you know, we'll we'll we're gonna take it fight by fight. And I think 
I think we are gonna get like some real actual like action with these uh, uh with these machines. At least as far as like the way it's drawn, uh, compared to how it was before. But even if it was, even if it's similar, like that chibi style or whatever, um, I just think there's gonna be more of it. Uh, I can't wait to see all the unique uh, warriors that are developed and how like people put their personality into the uh, Tryon soldiers, uh, like like combat wise and just flavor wise. This could be really cool. I think some characters are gonna get really really good at this. And they're gonna they're gonna incorporate it as part of their like you know, like the the battle you know that combat, having a little sidekick or something. That'd be really cool. All four of them did. That'd be really nice. Anyway, um, Brian. I actually didn't. You know mind before this before before. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Oh, you did it? All right, all right. <laughs> Josh was bracing um, himself. Uh, you guys might cover it anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. I wanted to say something else, but one of y'all might bring it up anyway, so it's okay. So I actually liked the inclusion of the Tryon soldiers now because now I feel like this is something that I can actually take away that is going to affect them in the future, you know? Like, I feel like now oh. we're learning more about how Tryon soldiers work, and maybe there's a chance that um, that they get to develop Tryon soldiers themselves on these away missions and stuff like that, you know? And now we get to know how they're constructed and um, how to use them and shit like that. So I basically only tuned in. I started paying attention again when the Tryon soldiers started becoming a thing. I was like, oh shit, okay. Okay. Something that I feel like I could actually learn from. Um, so that, that was pretty neat. I, this is a very pleasant surprise. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next chapter to see what the fuck they're going to do because man, give me more, give me more like useful shit. No more like fucking whack ass game modes without any connection to like, actually like things that are actually happening. Aside from that, um, I don't got much to say. Um, I'm really now I'm actually interested in this game. If they did this 10 chapters ago, I would be much more happy with this arc. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I'm at a point where I like I'm appreciating the amount of detail going into this. Um, I, I really do. Uh, and I don't know if it's like the time I read it or about. I don't know if it's the time that I read it. I don't know if I'm just like kind of tired from the day at work and we're just like a little late today, but I'm like, Oh God, this is a lot of shit. <laughs> Once I hit the math, I was like, fuck. <laughs> this guy really wants to make a game. Uh, you know, it's, it, it is rough with this game, with this uh, battle sim part sometimes. Cause we don't, I, I don't, I actually don't expect to memorize and it, I don't think it's important that you memorize every like little detail about the games. Um, cause it's more about watching the characters problem solve more than anything. But yeah, um, 
is one of those things where it reminds me a lot. This is World Trigger's Greed Island, for sure. And I skipped Greed Island. <laughs> this is uh, this is World Trigger's Greed Island, one hundred percent. I think Greed Island's a little more egregious in how like hardcore they went with the game because yeah, this. So thank God I skipped Greed Island. Yeah, Greed Island is much more intricate and slightly annoying. Um, but. Yeah, this this is the first time where I got like kind wow. of wow. <laughs> what you did you? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hate Greed Island. Honestly, I think Greed Island is very important, and you should read you should read and watch it. I don't regret it, but in terms of the rules of the game itself, and like having to like go through the uh, the whole rigmarole of the uh, explanation of the rules, it very it very much is similar. Or the breakdown of strategies in playing the game. It definitely it's not bad. It's not bad. I never said it was bad. I never said it was bad. I'm just saying it reminded me of Greed Island. Well, I never watched Greed Island, so I can't make a opinion on Greed Island. It was cool. I know. I think like the story of Greed Island is. Oh, Josh, I think you're cutting out a little bit. He's turning into a lizard. <laughs> I think uh, I think Greed Island is very important. I th- it, it, it was just they came the same card, bro. Hmm. <laughs> it what? They kept using the same teleport cards, huh? They did keep using the same teleport card. <laughs> yeah, I guess like no, I'm talking about like the the expositional parts of it. I wasn't like too crazy about the game, especially since like the game part itself isn't mega important. There's a lot of like kind of fluff to make the the game feel real and more realistic and uh, more three dimensional. Um, but yeah, this is the first time. Huh? Wait, say that again. That was probably me. I just didn't hear me. Josh? Josh? Anyway. Uh, anyway, all I'm saying is, like, this is the first time where I was, like, a little bogged down by the rule. But I think it was generally just, like, kind of when I read it. I, I read it, like, not too long ago at, like, 8.30 at night after a long day at work. So, you know. Uh, this was a chapter for sure that you needed to read with a fresh mind because <laughs> it is a lot of info. But um, overall, it does make sense. It's not a bad writing or anything. It's just uh, I hope you like reading <laughs> about, you know, game strategies, which is, you know, sometimes it's people's thing. But this is the first time I was a little exhausted by it. I am excited to see how everybody's trial soldiers like turn out now that I understand the ins and outs of it. So, you know, I've got, uh, I've got nothing but optimism for world trigger going forward. Um, I think I was just a little tired for this one, but that's my bad. Uh, do we have any rebuttals? Anything to, to mention? Mm, no, Josh. 
Oh, his uh, his voice is lagging. I don't know. Um. Well, oh, he'll be back. Anyway, I guess we should move on then. <laughs> that was World Trigger. Hello? Hello. Hey, he's back. Okay, there we go. Yeah, all right. Uh, I was just asking if, did you have any rebuttals or anything? I have a rebuttal. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I'm going to read something for you guys. The definition of a fair weather fan. <laughs> A fan of a sports <laughs> team who only shows support oh when my the God. team is doing well. Oh, my God. hard time. Oh, my God. I'm not going to tolerate this. Team. They basically have no real loyalty to the team. Wow. But still manage to get better seats than you at the game. Wow. Strangely, they mysteriously vanish wow. at the first sign of trouble. Josh, you're a fucking hater. That's not what's happening. Brian's a fair weather fan of Hell no World I'm Trigger. not this arc is fucking dog shit bro <laughs> The one <laughs> time I enjoy something alright I'm never gonna enjoy this arc ever again bro You have officially sealed World Trigger's fate This series is such a fucking fraud We don't need you I, I don't want you to need me. This fucking shit is blows the one time I like it you and you're gonna awesome. you're gonna shit on me bro Nah man Nah World Trigger fans just can't win. They just can't take a win. Strangely, bro. they mysteriously vanish. Yeah, you, you know, not strangely at all. Very, very fucking um, <laughs> appropriate that I vanish when this series is ass. Very appropriate. He's just saying that because Josh heard him. No, no, He's... I mean it. This series has been dog shit for like five months, and you guys are gonna and you're gonna call me a fair weather Wait, but fan. Hold on. Nah, but all jokes aside, listen to the um to the example they have, right? So, a uh, regular fan, oh no, so the fan says, "Oh my God, what a cut. that was amazing!" Says, "How would you know? You left when the the quarterback threw a pick six in the second quarter, and then the I don't know. I guess that's the whole point. Like they left when shit got rough. But nah, I'm just giving you some shit, Brian, because." I love World nah. Trigger, and it's blasphemous to hear it's anything bad about it's it. It's too late. You 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 burned the bridge. I I had an olive branch. Well, for this arc, what? I had an olive branch extended to you for this arc. Feel for this bad. Chapter. You have you have single handedly. You're gonna sacrifice your enjoyment the, of an incredible. I was series. not enjoying shit. <laughs> I'll be honest. Damn. I was not. I've yeah, not I been it enjoying it. the dirty days. The 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 mention of a Tryon soldier is what got me got me through this chapter. I did it for you. Yeah, that was enough because oh man, all of a sudden I actually can care about this arc. All of a sudden, I can finally care about what's happening. You're welcome, Josh. Um, I think that's it, right? I'm not a fair weather friend, first of all. Right? I'm not gonna take that shit. I've been on World Trigger's bandwagon. That wasn't extended to you, Chris. Mm. Well, you're not a uh, not no. That was for Brian. <laughs> that hmm? was for you. I know. I know you haven't been loving it, but you can at least see the potential 
and like you know like the the groundwork being put in mm. you mean like right now the first time he ever did any groundwork that's probably gonna be worth anything later in the series right it's too late like for this fight I mean? right now like before he was building off was of more, fucking an imaginary development in this arc any character had in my hero academia that's just sans todoroki blasphemy. i guess that is fucking blasphemy yeah well he didn't hit the skip forward button i wish he did to be honest <laughs> i really wish he did <laughs> <laughs> well all right i'm we're just gonna have to move on we're just gonna have to call it <laughs> a draw let's uh let's move on to our next series hmm. undead unluck and with that i'm gonna pass this over to josh All right, Undead Unlock Chapter 182, uh, Yoshifumi Tozuka, Sunspot. I ain't gonna lie, low-key, this one was really, really good, too. It, like, One Piece just be going fucking crazy. And World Trigger. Anyway, uh, last week, they they really fucking set it on the Uma Sick, uh, the Super Uma Sick, and uh, Andy pulled up randomly for the first time in his loop which was very nice uh but he was just a clone and he said i i got you fugo tell me who to beat up and uh he you know yeah sick got cut in half and then he got teleported to the strange world and fugo being the one of the best mcs ever and also on a scale of one to ten a million on the gangster scale jumps into the universe <laughs> um alone. Um, and like, as to not be outdone by any other character in recent memory, at least for me personally, she pulls out her guns and gets Gelly immediately without asking I hope questions. I turned the sword into some gu -gu 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 guns. When I, I, I read this and was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, Uko is called not partner, like, but it should be called gangster time. Nah, but um. Because she is, uh, she is a pacifist for the most part. Um, you know, a lot of the time she tries to conversate and and come to amends through different means. But uh, I guess this we'll have more about that later. So um, surprise, she didn't kill all of the final enemies and end the series right here and now. Um, all the bullets stopped in front of their faces, and um, none of them cared except for maybe two. As we see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, There's ten, brand no, nine brand new characters. I'm sorry, oh, yeah, sick doesn't count. His kind of old now. We've seen them yeah, before. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> yeah, technically it should be eleven. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like because Dojo. he's in half. Because there's two of sick now. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about bringing up old wounds. Anyway, bro, sick is um, tired. All right, let's, I just let's play a game. Half let's of him play. is limping. <laughs> He's half, half. One half of him is limping. He's just like, oh god, he got his ass beat. I'm so tired, bro. <laughs> He's like, yeah, other umas may not care, but 
I went really hard and took it seriously. <laughs> Got my ass beat. But, but, but let's play the game of how many of these characters definitely don't care that Fuko's here, that it's not a big deal to them. Mm. I'm counting one. One, two. Mm, this old three, guy, the, the nun lady. The main guy. I feel yeah, like the night sure. the guy in the armor cares a little bit. He cares a little bit because his eyes are averted. Mm -hmm. If it was just black with no eyes looking, mm -hmm. just like I don't care that something just landed next to me, I'm still looking into the void. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The woman, I would argue she cares because she's looking. Yeah, she's pressed. I guess. She, she looks upset. Yeah. The other the other one does not care. The one above her. Mm -hmm. The young one. The little Not boy or girl is just like mm. more interested. He's like, whoa, what is that? But I don't care really. Yeah. Uh, the guy with the cigarette doesn't care. I don't think he's even looking towards who goes direction. This metal skull thing? <laughs> yeah. This guy doesn't give a shit. Nope. The one below her? Absolutely not. Not even in the slightest. She's reading a book right now. Yeah, exactly. Does not care. But you, all right. Um, the nun doesn't care. She's praying. Beast guy here. Uh, the old guy above him. He cares. But beast guy cares. He cares a little too much. <laughs> he cares the most. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely... He cares enough for the rest of them, it's looking like. Yeah. Um, but, oh, we cannot forget the number one. Uh, the, the kid all the way to the right on the top. Yeah. He just... Number one. No... This every you know everything is fine. Nothing's ever gonna be a threat or has been a threat to him. Mm -hmm. or can foresee being a threat. You just so damn strong. had to do this, guys. Yeah, it's a trope, and you know what? It happens to be one of my favorites. <laughs> guy who doesn't. Guy who's overly <laughs> cheerly cheery because he doesn't think he'll ever be defeated. No, it's it's the spread in general mm -hmm. where like like half of them are like I don't IDK. <laughs> IDC, IDC, yeah, IDC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's move past this. So, um, turns out this room happens to be uh where the uh, remaining boss Umas. Uh, there was a specific name for them, and it's somewhere in this chapter too. The master rules. It escapes me. The master there rules. We go. Master rules. I said boss rules. That's pretty close. Either way. I think it works. Boss rule sounds better, actually. So I'm boss rules does sound one. better. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm changing that. So, all right, cool, cool. Uh, so <laughs> basically, the one of them, the the one that doesn't care, actually, surprise, he does care, and he's like, "Why did you attack?" Talked all that shit for nothing, actually. And uh, Fuku's like, "Here he is, <laughs> the main one, <laughs> the, the main one man for them all." Yeah, this is the guy. And um basically they what is it? I said we're in the home stretch of the eons long game, picking a fight with us only to wind up dead won't it make for much of a finale. So, you know, he's talking to the Fugo, like basically, you know, don't don't approach us and ruin what we what we're trying to plan. And the funny thing is that Fugo stands up for sick. And that uh, he wasn't, he was strong, and that we would have lost if it wasn't for uh, Andy arriving. Um, which you know, 
bring begs the logical question, Foucault, which is, you know, why haven't y'all attacked this? This got to be some type of condition. Um, and her, she guesses it's only by way of, excuse me, by way of quest. Uh, good guess. So, you know, that's what, so she said, that's why I shot y'all. She was like, I figured the text wouldn't connect with y'all. Uh, but even if they uh, did connect, then I would have been able to uh, kill everybody just like that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, it didn't work out that way, right? Anyway, um, he says that Foucault's out of her mind. She is unhinged. That's that's fair. I won't deny that about Foucault. But yeah, that she's crazy. It only makes her better, though. You mm. know what I'm saying? He's not saying anything... So anyway, um, there's some more banter. Banter. Someone says she's just the one of the, the woman that kind of cared a little bit. Uh, like she's just a vessel. Uh, whatever. Like I said, banter. And then uh, the the guy says basically he said if you answer, the guy told Fugo if you answered him, uh, that he would tell her anything she wanted to know, and naturally she wants to know. Um. Where's Andy at? And they give out this crazy... The explanation I had no idea was coming, which was that basically Andy's on the sun, um, just sitting there holding back the boss Umas with his soul. And the only reason um, Sick was able to get through is because like he started to weaken a little bit. And now that he went to go help Foucault, his uh, soul weakened a little bit more, so now the other boss, Umas, could slip through via quest. So, shit's about to start getting shaken. Anyway, they trying to, you know, put pressure on Foucault and uh, tell her that it's only a matter of time before we pull up. Um, and that, uh, did he ask you to save him? He made a clone to tell you that, and she's like, nope. Um, if him reaching out this time held any message, it could only be Leave things here to me while you kick ass. With two guns in her back pocket. What? Yeah. And then a whole and then and then through the gate, the whole squad was ripped. I'm touched. I'm touched. This is part of the war on the, in the This Bronx. is just Yeah. Me and it doesn't get rid of the Ness. Yeah, it's a hell of a panel. It's really cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, mission set. Andy's been buying them time, and uh, they're probably not going to see him for a little while, but Hugo swears she's going to negate those stupid boss-ass Umas. And then uh, she says, sick. We'll bring it on. End of this chapter. What were your thoughts? And god damn it, why couldn't this be the RGC? Oda Ooh. is a bastard sometimes. Yeah, this was my second place. Um for sure. My uh my shonen feelings were like in full board. This is this really took me back in a really good way to just like just good old general shonen. I didn't think we'd ever get this outside of Black Clover. But there's yeah. nothing like a good old-fashioned fucking shonen villain group that matches up exactly to the numbers with the hero group 
<laughs> so that we are potentially do they? Yeah, it would be ten union members to ten master rules. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, you know, so that we this could is like the Espada, bro. Yeah, the fucking Akatsuki, man. Mm. Like the fucking warlords, bro. The CPO, all of that. Yeah, this is uh, this is a villain group among villain groups. Uh, they all do the whole villain group thing. They probably hate each other. Oh yeah, they can't fucking stand each other. They probably hate each other's guts, but they have to work together. (laughs) They probably all came from the same village and was really poor and had to fight their way out. (laughs) Like the spiders. Yeah, lots of fucking cool moments in this. Uh, Fuko shooting off at all ten of them immediately is so cool. Uh, Their designs are cool. I don't know what the rules they could possibly inhabit are. Uh, I don't know what the knight is. I I think, like, the beast guy may be nature. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, I don't know. The priest well, may maybe be... They're, more, they're probably more abstract than that. Maybe yeah. Like, I don't know. This lady like has DNA hair. Instinct. Yeah, what? So, like, what, genes? Oh, that's not good. Is she the rule of genes? Uh, you know, I'm trying to like suss out context clues as to how these people, what what they could be. The girl reading is she knowledge? Right. I don't know. Who's this guy sitting down? I don't know who the old guy is. Time. Age. Probably. Father time. You know. Yeah. I don't know who the knight could be. And I don't know. He's who... definitely fighting against uh, uh the un unbreakable. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, it's just so yeah, cool. If it doesn't happen, I'm gonna throw my laptop out this fucking window. <laughs> I think that's a little bit extreme. Maybe I'll uh, I'll let me reel it back a little bit. <laughs> it feels like a bit much. You just got that laptop. Um, I thought the cool, the panel with Andy and the sun was so fucking cool too. A lot of really big dramatic moments in this that like really just hit them, hit the moment, hit like hit the mark. Um, Andy on the moon, uh, Andy on the sun, sorry. With his finger extended, you know, because he just shot off a part of himself to help Fuko was a cool thing. If you look closely at the hand that's pointed upward. Very cool. That last panel where she's walking back to the hospital, her whole squad behind her, or her whole squad ahead of her, the two guns in the back of her, in uh, in her back. So good. So good. So sick. So, so sick. Like, we're, t- we're talking like Dendel and training day levels of fucking cool. You know what I'm saying? Right. Am I exaggerating right now? No, no. This is you could tell me to stop. This is generally this is genuinely very cool. <laughs> I'm I mean, I'm I'm quite like, into it. Hello, Cool J in the nineties. Fucking James Bond with a cocktail. You know what I'm saying? This is just cool. Those are cool. I'm here for it. I'm here for well executed traditional shonen shit. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm okay with it. Dude, the nun, they said that she smelled like death. 
Mm. Flesh and bones. That's gross. What? What did they say about her? Yeah, they hate her. They don't like her. She hates them. <laughs> they tell her, they said she reeks of blood and guts. That's, I don't I might skip that fight. Y'all could just give me the recap. Well, we have to. We ha- we have to do it for the squad for the for the citizens. Uh, it's very cool, very 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 sick, so so sick. Uh, and those are my thoughts. Uh, Josh, do you have any rebuttal? Yeah, Andy was on the sun for billions of years. Yeah, his regeneration is unmatched. Wolverine could never. No. Um. What else? I mean, he just doesn't die. No. I can't wait to see him on Death Battle. <laughs> Speaking of Death Battle, the next episode coming out is uh, Rick from Rick and Morty versus Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Doctor Who to really... Like me neither, home. but I know that's a classic show. Yeah, I watched like a maybe like two seasons of it. I feel like it's a weird matchup. Was it required by your class? No, no, I just like watched it out of curiosity. I watched like a season of it. It was good, you know. I won't say anything sarcastic about it. I didn't really. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really stay on it, but I liked it. I like what I saw, but yeah. <laughs> I could just, I could just feel the energy radiating off of Josh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I, I just got one thing to say. Okay? Yeah, all right. Just one thing. You sure? Did you feel any like cultural zeitgeist <laughs> with it, like? Did you feel like maybe like, yeah, this is, even though you don't like it, that this is objectively good? No. <laughs> uh, I I wouldn't, nothing's objectively good. But. And that like, at, your life is at least the smallest of percentile better because you watched some of it? Sure. The smallest. The, I'll, I'll say the smallest. Because I, I liked it. I liked it okay. I just didn't wow. like keep up with it. You know, when you absorb uh, any kind of good art, you know your uh, your life is a percentile better. Well, except for the previous uh, world trigger arc, if you're Brian Espinal. <laughs> you ruined it. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it then, yeah? Josh? A shirt says good luck. Yeah. Yeah, it's been said that. It's pretty much. Them titties say big. Oh, God. (laughs) God damn it. All right, now we're done. (laughs) All right. Oh, boy. Oh, well. That was Undead Unlock, and that has been our show. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, uh, you can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Josh is at JD Cole underscore 37 on Twitter and Instagram. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Check him out where he's streaming at at uh, twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Uh, email the show at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. Hit us up on that. And, uh, yeah, we'll read it on the pre-show chat show next week, which we'll be back for sure when uh, we start off a little bit earlier and uh, a little better rested. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, yeah, uh, hit us up on that. Like, share, subscribe uh, on YouTube. Please do. Uh, If you prefer audio podcasts, we're pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Regardless, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you want to listen to podcasts, we are defo on there uh and yeah that's it thank you guys so much for listening we will see you guys next week uh stay safe new jump citizens peace out y'all thanks for listening